0: Amateur drinking, professional drinking by Birdie Buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great. But together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
1: On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day!
2: This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time.
0: They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Guys, it's Thursday. It is June 1st. Basically, the start of summer, I would say. Um, Mike isn't here today. He fell ill. He actually fell down, fell down on a flight of stairs. The bottom line is it's going to be a solo show. Isn't that right, Mike? Why is the internet still not working? (laughs) I've disconnected twice. I wonder how many people just disconnected the podcast Here's a, when they heard lot. that. They were just like, oh, God, not again. If they didn't. They did after that little outburst. Two in a
3: month. Here's what they don't tell you. You're all excited to have this kid. I'm like, oh, this is great. This kid's going to take care of me when I get old. He's going to learn how to sort cards and make my job easier. Yes. What they don't tell you is he keeps your wife up all night occasionally.
1: <laughs> I feel like so that's less, the one thing everyone does tell you is that the kid's going to keep you up. When she's pregnant, they don't. Oh, okay.
3: Okay. I see what you're saying. So last night was a fun one. Came to bed about midnight after I finished my, what do we break? Oh, we broke Bowman's Best last night. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe the best case of best, not even maybe, the best case we have Really? It was stupid good. It was actually
1: refreshing. Autos or low numbered or parallels, just everything? Wouldn't you like to know, (laughs) point (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing you know it's know. i'm trying so hard to be nice because i and you've done nothing good.
3: wrong i would literally rip your whole world apart verbally today no, just because sure. i'm exhausted hey she i said came idiot
1: to, on the last pod so i apologize okay. i i a family it. show take a breath i know dude. my bad Moonface
3: Owl Eye. <laughs> i had a few people reach out to me with that one that was that one i like that one actually uh, uh i did uh, not but it's okay it's okay so came to bed about midnight rolled you know watch some tv email yep. do some just crap just to chill out about one o'clock I'm just about to fall asleep and just the sound of crying.
1: Oh, God. And it was just like,
3: I haven't been asleep at all, which I was like, oh, man, she's miserably uncomfortable. I was like, this is terrible. Oh, no. We then went downstairs. Oh, you got out the of the The saga bed. continues. Oh, no. Downstairs. She's like, let me try to sleep on the couch. Sit up. Right. So I'm like, I'll go down and hang out a little bit. A couple days ago. By the way, this is a personal story. So no, you don't, you don't can say. fast forward if you want. There's to, not right? a
1: card involved somewhere nope. in
3: this. <laughs> so we go downstairs a couple days ago. She leaves my vitamins out every morning. And two days in a row, my gel vitamins, vitamin D, okay, were missing. No. And I was like, this is weird. And then one of her, uh, was is, is it prenatal, right? Uh, yes. Uh huh. Prenatal vitamin. Pren- again, just the gel missing. The gel vitamins are missing in your house, you say. So she is convinced. I'm convinced she just forgot to put them out because she has baby brain. She is convinced there's a creature of some sort. So we set the camera up. A creature. So then last night I was like, "This is you know whatever, fine."
1: You specifically pointed the camera where the pill should go. We put it on the pill. We put the camera literally two feet from the pill thing, so that the pill would be so
3: big, if any creature came in to get it, it would it would set off the motion detector.
1: How is this a thing? So okay.
3: Last night about two. At this point, it's like got to be two thirty. There you go. Oh, maybe even it might have even been three. I'm just like staggering around the kitchen because I was like, "Hey, maybe you should get something to eat. Like that'll calm your nerves a little bit. Hang, hey, you know, chill out, whatever." I'm like, that's funny. There's one random cherry tomato on the stove. I was like, what Wait, did you? What? And I noticed it's got a little scratch in it.
1: The Demi Gorgon came through your house, took the
3: pills, so. so, through tomatoes. So then I was like, all right. I, I had made her a peanut butter piece of toast with peanut butter. Calm her down. Wow. She didn't finish. It. I was like, you know what? We're going to leave this on the counter. Because now I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so I'm also too like this. I'm just delirious at this point. I don't know what's going on. I'm yelling and screaming and singing and dancing and everything else you could think of. I
1: think it's important to note, too, that despite your short stature, everything in your house is regular height. So nothing's really low. That's correct. Okay. okay. Like, you know, there's some people who have to build their homes lower to accommodate them. But that's I'm not five you. seven. That's, that's not, not you, though. That's the average. Okay. Well, I just wanted g- to confirm Google that?
3: average American height while I'm telling the rest of this. I so, don't think you'll be happy with it. I'm like, you know what? We're going to leave the peanut butter out, the peanut butter bread out, just and see what happens. Yes. Five minutes later, I get up to get a drink of water, and there is a piece the size of a golf ball in the middle of the counter off the plate. Now I'm like, all right, there's something in this house. What? Dude, we go back on the camera. Mouse. No,
1: you have a mouse in the house? We got
3: a mouse in the house. So we got some traps today. We're, oh gonna, my we're God. obviously going to
1: decimate that thing. Dude, I don't know. It's been taking vitamins. It may live longer than you now. <sighs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I go back and watch the thing. And then what was funny is it came
3: out again, and I'm standing 10 feet from it, looking at it. It's just eaten.
1: Oh, he is, he's got some cones on yeah. that boy. You so, better watch out. He
3: so then I go to finally I'm like, you know what? That's fine. We're gonna go to bed. Go to bed about oh no, that was at four. I am way off. That I went to bed at four o'clock. I got the text message from her with a screenshot from the ring camera at like 4:15. I go downstairs. See the mouse. This whole episode ends. I go back to bed about 4.30. Haven't been to sleep yet. Yeah. 4.30. I'm rolling around. Same thing, a little TV. I finally fall asleep. I kid you, no more than like nine minutes. Alarm goes off for basketball. Then I'm up from five to six. You actually went and played? No. I stayed up because I couldn't fall back to sleep because I was like so angry at life. Oh. Slept from like six
1: to eight. Yeah. Then eight to eight thirty. So. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a fun evening. That's, I would say you've kept it together very well to be on a podcast where you have to have like a lot of energy. So you're good. You don't have to, actually. I listen <laughs> to a lot of shows. There's no energy at all. So
3: <laughs> uh, that was it. That was my personal story. Okay. By the way, F minus for the dogs.
1: Those oh, freaking that's dogs true. bark at But I'll tell you, this guy is stealthy. What about Griffy? Griffy barks at the TV when a cat shows up just for a half second. When you saw him hunt those rabbits down the I, other day. Well, my dog was also there. She did a good job. So First time I've seen that little loaf run. That was nice. She did good. She's yeah. a fast little pooch. For about four seconds, she did great. That's all you need. Hasn't moved since then, I'm sure. Going to sure. recover. Oh, my God. All right. Your dogs, you have a mouse in your house, so I don't want to hear it.
3: You, Cece, can have a mouse laying on her ear. She's too lazy to like swipe it off. So
1: she's a dog. Okay, you, she don't need that. You want to talk about a couple cards. I wanted to. I figured since it's a sports card podcast, I'm aggravated so. about bo- these stories as well. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, let's go start ahead. with actual sports card talk because it's game one. No, we already did this. I want to hear the, 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 the new stuff. I don't want to do this thing again. We don't wait. First off, why would you wait till we're actually recording to say something like that? We already talked about this though.
3: Game one, there's nobody to buy. Everybody's too expensive. That's not true. But there actually are
1: people to buy. But there's nobody new from last show. But we didn't talk about anyone you could buy last show. We talked about Tyler Hero. You actually, I mentioned Tyler Hero. You said no. I I said he's the only one you might because
3: he's coming off the injury and he comes back game three.
1: You say that he's the only one. However, you haven't heard anything else. All right, go ahead. Tell me about these other guys. I'm not going to buy. I told you that there were before we started even recording. There are multiple players that are down over the last few weeks, especially. Nuggets players, it's like since they've been out of the game for a few days, people just forget and start selling them lower. But Jamal Murray, let's take him. 2016 Prism PSA 10. He was selling all the way up to $160. There's only 850 of these cards, okay? So it's not completely out of the realm that this base, even though it is base, could still hold some value. So $850. Nope. I'm sorry. That's 850 pop count. $160 is what it sold. For. as of May 19th, it was selling for 88 as of to yesterday, 92 in between was that time 60. It went up to, well, it hit 150 on May 23rd. It hit 160 on May 26th. So there are multiple higher sales when they were performing well, right after they, they beat out the Lakers and then it drops down because it's like, Oh, well they're not in my eye right now. So I shouldn't care about them. I'm not going to watch. Or You're I'm telling not me this card it. has fallen in half? I'm telling you, well, it jumped in half. I mean, it was already, it was normally selling before that for like $70. It had gone up to like $80, $90 when they started getting more into the playoffs, deeper into the, the playoffs, and then spiked all the way up to multiple sales above 100. So since though, since they have not been playing, it has fallen back down. The question is, What's it sell? is that not a, decent opportunity what's the last sale 92 i'd tell you but my internet doesn't freaking work <laughs> here here let me show it up let me throw it up here there you go we can all look together for don't break don't does that help you have, a, ba- you have a tendency of breaking things when you don't need to did that help when i smashed how the... many times have you broken something that you had to go back and replace it doesn't work so i don't know
3: <laughs> dude literally look car. suck on that tech boy just I need a good smacking, you child. No,
1: I will never admit to that. Well, you don't have to So here's happened. Here's the data if you would like to look at it, or you can continue to pull it up there. That's fine. I trust my own data. That's fair. Okay, go ahead. So, obviously, point is, this guy's come down quite a bit. It seems like that could be a decent buy for a quick flip. Just a thought. I would love to get Mike Giuseppe's opinion on that. The other, while you're looking that up, joker has also seen an interesting fall because he was also one of these guys who was up he had gotten all the way up to what was it eleven hundred dollars for his 2015 prism psa 10 and that one has since also dropped to 855 again a few of these this car nuggets sold players for
3: 160 dollars three days ago okay and now it's selling for ninety two
1: that's what yeah that's what I'm saying I don't believe this i don't i mean there's multiple sales below ninety two or below ninety or so one was ninety three dollars one was ninety two dollars across the last three dumb. days, <laughs> just because the the data is not wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you that people are maybe questionable. why would they all of a sudden start selling it at such a low price? I don't know, but if I could get it at that price and flip it, wouldn't it make sense that there could be I mean, that's a pretty decent opportunity right there because it's not even that price right now is not even that low overall. Like even say they lose, it's not to say that price, you couldn't get that price again when the next season started back.
3: I just don't understand. Who's selling it for that price?
1: I mean, multiple eBay sales. There's there's also one on bids right now with 10 hours left at
3: 122 on bids it's already at 122 there's a buy it now sitting there at 130 so obviously best offer. the answer
1: is if you could there's if a you buy- can get these at 90 dollars, you, you get
3: it you know if you can sure there's another one a bid at 97 bucks so, another one at 91 to all on bids all on bids so i guess some of this is probably the
1: i've noticed that too like going through because i've been keeping an eye on some wax that i'm interested I'm even, in there's only eight hang on real quick there's only
3: 800 of these you said in pop uh-huh there's like there's got to be
1: 75 to hundred for sale on eBay right now. I mean, this is the time, right? Like if you're going to do something with that card, now's the time. So it makes sense. Okay. And again, then, my fear though, is you buy him. When do you sell him? So that's the thing you have to like, if you own the card now, of course, that's, you already have to be listing it. Like these guys are, but if you buy it now, I would say like, it would be hard to buy like online and get it to you before the end, but it's conceivable. I mean... Well, you'd
3: get it. I just you'd get what, it within
1: the I, next week and by sell the way, it.
3: I, I like the one moron on eBay. I should just read his name and his home address. $300 oh, the best offer. Just say you don't <laughs> want to sell the car, dude. It's okay, but just say you're not selling
1: it. You know what that Idiot. is, though? You know what that is? That's exactly... Those are the um, Derek White guys out there who are just like, you know what? If he does something crazy, it'll be there. Someone's going to snatch it up Someone's right Someone's
3: going to forget these $130, and $140. Buy it now, and so they're going to be like, you know what? 300 <laughs>
1: Uh, can I read his name? Is that, is that I, allowed?
3: Can we dox this guy?
1: Can I we call him? Someone specifically commented about me personally, and I didn't dox him. I don't think we could dox this okay, guy. Okay, we'll leave it alone. Okay. So that
3: is always my question, though, with with something like this. By the time you get this card in hand, if you buy it today, realistically, let's say Friday, Saturday, let's say you have it in hand on Monday. We've already had two games of the finals.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's, it's still two
3: days between each game, That's right? Different. Or one day? It's, it's tonight, and it's Sunday. So there's two... It's it's tonight, Sunday. There's a it's multiple days. But that is my worry. Are you gonna have enough time to then turn around and sell it as well?
1: Well, that's what I was thinking. So game four would be at a minimum when I was thinking two days, it'd be eight days away, but it's even more than that. What's right? the schedule? It's tonight, it's Sunday. What's yeah. game three so and four? So next game is after tonight. Uh you got Sunday, then Wednesday, then Friday. for the fourth game is not till a week. So it is still eight, eight days, days from though. now. Yeah, okay.
3: Yeah, I, again, I just still kind of get concerned. And, what, and then as soon as the series ends, win or lose, people start to lose interest in the offseason. So that's why I just think it's risky. I don't know. If you can get it cheap, fine. But I just don't know that you're going to be able to get this, get it in time to flip it. Unless you Hero. have a network like we talked about last week. If I get this card today, I can probably sell it tonight.
1: That's true. Because like a lot of yeah. people
3: who have a buying network, that's different. But just regular average, average collector, flipper in the hobby, I'm going to get this card and put it on eBay for an auction.
1: But I would say the average flipper is probably in like five different buy-sell Facebook groups. You know what I mean? Like, There's probably going to be a lot of places where they could go to to sell pretty quickly. Uh, The Tyler Hero one was also the other interesting one because of all of the players that are like currently doing well in the playoffs, Tyler Hero obviously hasn't really seen much in the way of pricing increase because he's been injured. However, there is still like for $20 right now, you can get his 2019 PSA 10. That is still... it's high in the sense that there's 8,800 of these. So yeah. that's, it is high in that sense. However... But that's a card, another good
3: example of a low-end card. If he goes off in one game, that card probably spikes to 30 40 bucks. So Maybe you get 50%. That's arguing. exactly what I was sure. thinking.
1: Based on what his pricing is, you could, only, you could see a few-dollar increase and see a nice return as far as percentage goes. But if you say you wanted to play it a little safer, his silver, there's only 800, again, 850 for the pop count. This card last sold for $90. And I mean, $90 was one of the lowest sales over the last six months. What are those two way lower than that right before? Those two were May 10th and May 12th for $50. What's the one right before 92? How much was that? Right before 92 was 69. Yeah. And then the one before that, though, was 100. So, I mean, like, my point being is he is at very low pricing right now. It would make sense that if he came in, like they're saying in game three, there could be a bump. That's not a bad idea. I don't hate that. Just some overall general reconnaissance of what cards to look at during the next few days. So um, you have a couple other guys here. Bam out of Bayou. I wouldn't touch. We're getting into it now. Okay, that's it. And then Michael Porter
3: Jr. Bam out of Bayou. Again, we're just using Prism as a baseline. He's 25 bucks. I wouldn't go near it. Michael Porter Jr. is 11. I guess for 11 bucks you could because it's a slab. Who cares? But now, the only
1: thing with Michael Porter Jr. is I would guess that that would probably be closer to like 15 or 20. Because while it did last sell yesterday for $11, there looked to be like some other sales since then that have gone a little higher than that. So that may have been an outlier. Maybe not. But either way, if you could get it for 11, obviously that would be a good deal. I do think Joker is probably a good buy in the offseason. I will say that. But I wouldn't
3: touch him right now either. I
1: just don't think it's going to be time to flip him. Was it? Uh, did I see? Butler was named MVP of the Eastern Conference finals. of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, okay. the Larry Bird Trophy. The and Butler his pricing has maintained. See, that's the one you couldn't really do anything with. I don't think. I mean, over. I don't know though because his market cap. Here's the you problem. Think about, Here's the problem with Jimmy. Okay. He
3: is going to literally be the most quiet star in the league the entire rest of the year. Now, off season, regular season. You okay. ever heard anybody talk about Jimmy Butler in the regular season? not before this not even this year you didn't hear it nobody jimmy butler's not a, so that's what i mean why would i go out and spend money on him now so
1: my only thought is if tyler hero's market cap if we're we're talking about specifically their prism rookie cards people have thrown in let's call it $180,000 for tyler hero jimmy butler he's the mvp and he's at 250 i think it's conceivable that he goes higher than that as far as total overall investment which just means more money going into that card which could mean higher values of course. So Yeah, I I don't know. I, I still I don't love that. It, I mean, it's a prism card for 300 bucks. It's a low but it is a low pop prism card. It's not like one of these like mass produced ones the There's pop? only 900. Yeah, it's not that low. But I don't I mean, love it. Yeah, I, I mean, don't love it's It isn't as low as like a vintage card, but like for modern, that's pretty decently low i just you think don't of i just don't again i okay. just think it's too much money and what is he going to do i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying this is like a slam dunk investment or anything like that but you just think if he does come <laughs> okay through, sweet cheeks leave the freaking puns to me slam dunk investment get out of here i didn't i thought that was a pretty easy step one Go to, to two but okay. i don't want to talk to this anymore <laughs> oh you didn't even
3: acknowledge it either you just slyly snuck it look, it's look that how smart good, i am good you I'm just s- keep going i'm just gonna sneak in a pun and no one's gonna say a word <laughs> i don't and i'm know. just
1: gonna carry on with my freaking <laughs> yellow shirt in my little pocket here do you did you think when you came in you were like oh i'm working with charlie brown today i thought i was gonna choke you out okay. that's you all, just, all i could think you about came was came in physically didn't hurting say you. a word to you no nope, i didn't talk to you put hands on him yep that's all you thought <laughs> what is happening? I uh, go to the okay, news, All yeah. right. next uh, before our guests. So we do have a guest uh, King Griffin from car shop Evansville. One of our uh, more esteemed breakers on car shop live is going to be coming on. He's a big vintage guy, big knowledge base there, but he's also probably one of the better breakers that we actually know of as far as like overall process. So we're going to have him on in a few before that though, we wanted to talk about something interesting. I have, so I have uh, something for this segment Whenever we start talking about theories or like, well, conspiracy theories and stuff like that, I feel like we needed something. Well, so I couldn't do X-Files music because that could get us copyright stricken. However, I got us. Michael, do you ever wonder in a world where Panini exists and Fanatics moves (sighs) in next door, poaches all their people? Could someone break into their offices and try and steal data well, that's the topic of today's story. So
3: anyways, if you're going to do <laughs> that, hang on, you have to start with, you've heard this before, in a world where if you start with in the that is the tone setter. Think about every time you've heard that it
1: opens the sentence. Do you know how much I have on my plate right now? I get in. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get music going. Trust me, I, I know. It, this oh, stuff. trust me. It is a, it's trust a tough, me. tough life. Don't you 12 trust hours a me. week. I'm not. Oh, I'm my not God. Done that. Anyway, so Panini break. <laughs>
3: I'd, like to, I'd like to hear what you have on your point. This Panini's
1: would be nice. o- The Panini offices got broken into on Monday on Memorial Day. The, right after, uh, our, right? right. Oh, it was Monday? Yeah, Memorial Day. Well, so uh, to be fair, that's when police showed up and until there was Tuesday. a report. I mean, I guess it's possible that it could have come in Sunday. The reason you're probably wondering, well, why wouldn't they have already known that? Interestingly enough, uh, alarms were not triggered. And you're probably saying to yourself, why would how is that possible? Well, that's a good question. I think a lot of people are asking that question because there's some theories going around that it could have been possibly a former employee slash inside job. Not to say that they're, they've just got people going around trying to steal information at all times. However, if you are living on a rock, you probably are very familiar that Panini is losing uh, licensing in the next couple of years to a company known as Fanatics, Fanatics has taken a few employees. Uh, I wouldn't say taken, but some employees have moved over to Fanatics. There's a lawsuit in place from Panini uh, against multiple of those employees because there were, there were no exit contracts signed. So basically just saying, you know, there was nothing protecting Panini from future lawsuits as, uh, or those employees, for that matter, which is why they're getting sued, because they conceivably could have taken data and there'd be no recourse in that situation. So Panini files the lawsuit and now we're seeing a break-in at the offices trying to destroy data and not take anything because at the time of the this reporting this is what June 1st we have reports from the police that say nothing was taken as of that time. They're still doing a full accounting, but nothing seems to be taken. But One thing is for sure that multiple pieces of equipment were damaged, including computers and servers, which would house potentially a lot of company emails that maybe fanatics didn't want other people to see. Now, that is a theory that is nowhere near any kind of truth that we have. It's something that's been floated around, and it's just interesting enough that we thought we might bring it up on the pod today.
3: I I will tell you one theory that's floating around, too, that I just think is the dumbest thing of all time. The police report very plainly says there was no physical, uh, no theft of physical property. At least, aside from destruction and mayhem, I think was what it was used. Yeah. The first thing that came out is, well, this is Panini covering themselves now for not fulfilling your redemptions. Oh, yeah. Like I've heard this from so many people now. It's the dumbest thing going because right there, if that was the case, they would have reported a ton of missing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing
1: was reported. So. And then the, you think they would have that all insured too? So it's like if they even if
3: it was, but even if it wasn't, it would be in the report. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that so that theory is just dumb. Now, I think Panini handles redemptions poorly. There's no question about it. Cards are ending up for sale that have, are trying to be redeemed. People are waiting forever to get redemptions.
1: It's a horrible situation. To be fair, we that story since we never really talked about it on last episode, that is being looked into and apparently Panini has reached out to the people that that has happened to. So, we don't know anything else. We've tried to get information. We'll still try. So, Yeah,
3: I mean, again, the but the redemption thing is a total debacle and it has been for a while now. But this isn't a ploy to cover that up. Like, it just isn't. It, otherwise, they would have reported hey, all of these cards were stolen. There's your cover. Perfect. Yeah. The other thing, too, about like, well, was it a former employee? Well, they didn't do any layoffs or firing at Panini. The former employees all went to Fanatics. So, you mean to tell me you got a better, higher paying job? Because from the three I've spoken to, they're all making better money now. They went, got a better paying job, and then decided to come back and risk all that to break into Panini to steal intellectual property off a computer. That
1: is the one thing I do believe is possible. Yes, absolutely. You're not thinking because you're not thinking about the fact that if they are one of these employees that are sued or could be sued for leaving, that maybe there were some emails back and forth with fanatics that would have possibly broken contracts or taken oh, okay. away data. That's it.
3: I didn't think about that. Okay. I thought it was like they're gonna break into steel IP. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. They're no. then gonna sell to. I wouldn't think yeah, I wouldn't
1: think they would do that. Because even that,
3: my think, would be, well, Fanatics is not going to buy stolen or stolen an intellectual property either.
1: Yeah. To but be you're clear. saying
3: they're, your theory, uh, the, one of the theories you think could be reasonable is they went back in to cover their tracks, basically.
1: Yeah. To be clear, I don't think Fanatics had any hand in this. I do That's think what that I if, with too. Yeah, if I just, you think that there's a possibility that there is a conspiracy theory and it wasn't just some vagrants you know, in the area, then I think the the leading prevailing thought is It was maybe a former employee, maybe even somebody associated with the ones that are being sued because there's data that could be incriminating.
3: Okay. That's, that's halfway reasonable to me. Okay. Um, Even then though, I just, how many people are willing, like from the corporate world without like, and I don't think most of those people have, if any, have criminal records. How many of those people are just like, you know, we're going to stage this high end heist and break in and risk all that. I I, I wonder the fanatics thing. I would just say you're nuts. Like fanatics is worth enough money. If they were going to do this, you'd never hear about it. I'm pretty sure there's ways a $30 billion company can do things and not have it be on the news the next freaking day.
1: Well, so do you remember when we were, I think we were at the mint when I reported on the story, it was the eBay story where it was known by higher ups, including executives of people within the corporation taking matters into their own hands, trying to uh, intimidate people that were basically talking bad about, Ebay and it was having an effect, I guess, on their number, their bottom line. Someone showed up at our door. We we bash them plenty. I never <laughs> have those clowns show up over here. Uh, I don't know. They had there. There's also vehicles that follow and chase down people. I wonder if so. they put the mouse in my house. Is that the dude, eBay, is that an eBay mouse, dude? Have you even looked to see if that? How close can you get in on that camera on the the mouse? There could be like a robot. It could be a robot mouse. It's not a robot. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> That's stupid. Um, I'm sorry. It was dumb. I
3: guess the other prevailing thought I just have overall uh, is just. Here, here's what I kind of struggle with with some of the sentiment in the hobby today uh, Panini is terrible. They don't fulfill redemptions. They're stealing your cards. Everything's overpriced. Fanatics is coming in and bought tops and they're terrible and everything's mass produced now and they're cutting out distributors and cutting shops. Yes. Uh, grading's a sham because everything's rigged there. eBay's all shill bitters. There are some people in this hobby who are just not happy no matter what. If you oh, yeah. legitimately mistrust all of the companies I just mentioned, you shouldn't be in the hobby anymore. Like, 100? if you think that it is it is, the fraud is that systemic, just yes. leave. Like, you would be such a fool. That's why, like I said, I've always had trouble with some people who criticize all these things, but then it's like they're still super involved in the hobby. If you really believe that, you wouldn't be. Like, if I really thought the real estate market in Nashville was just totally fraudulent and being propped up by people for their own benefit, I wouldn't be buying properties and selling them like I do. No, absolutely. Because I'd be like, hey, this whole system. So I do think, again, this is just another example of a I think this is a way blown out of
1: proportion story. Everybody wants to be well, first. But it's also a very slow time in the hobby it as, is. Uh, right and now. Maybe so it's like, something to do with hey, it. we
3: got something we can talk. About. Even the, the PWCC thing, coming coming thing, not for nothing. Like, Fanatics buys PWCC.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It doesn't change any thought I've ever had in my head, ever.
1: Yeah, I don't think nothing so. Nothing. It could change going forward, but yeah.
3: Even then with- it won't. I I sell where I sell and I use what I use. I just... But even that was just like there had to be like all this conspiracy around it and all these guys making video and content around. We knew this was coming. Who cares? What did it change? The hobby is exactly what it is today as it was if PWCC was still owned by Brett and whatever, him and his wife. Yeah. doesn't change anything. I I think you're probably right. It's just such a slow time. It's like, man, we got to find something to just make this unbelievable debacle of a story out of and just theorize and all this conspiracy nonsense I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical about things. The one area here, if you're telling me that in some employees who are being sued, there's like damning evidence that was at the office. And this was an attempt to cover that up. That's yeah. I could look and say, okay, honestly, that's
1: the only thing I can really, do
3: I think that's what happened? No, A betting man. No. Is it reasonable? Is it possible? Is it the most likely of all the conspiracy theory things I've heard? Yeah, I'd give you that. Yeah. But like, then that's it. Another thing, by the way, that just came on, then we'll get to Ken. I know he's waiting. like, Alt announced yesterday that they had to lay some people off.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Again, the, the first thing is like, well, Alt's next, everything's full. It's a slow economy. We're talking nationally about this whole debt ceiling issue. It is a real struggle in the economy right now for a lot of companies. Sure. The sky, like, it's not this end of the
1: world, everything has fallen apart, major conspiracy. Maybe the company just laid some people off. Well, the same thing with collectors. They laid off what eleven people, but I mean the eleven. same eleven. And they, but they also said like we're still very profitable. Of this is they just, are. They even hired on some other people. So, but you know what yeah. the
3: headlines were today? PSA is next. Yeah. Oh, PSA is laying people. So what? Maybe those employees were just useless. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. It, it, there are times we really, as a hobby and and the, the, us buffoons with microphones, just reach so much for stuff to talk about. It gets a little bit ridiculous at times. Yeah, thank you. That has been in a world where Jesse Gibson is the voice of reason on a popular <laughs> podcast. It leaves a short man named Michael Giuseppe wondering is it the mouse or is it something else?
0: We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 when to sell so when the time is right you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com ken
1: griffin car chop evansville one of my favorite breakers literally since i came into the hobby the gold standard for breakers how are you sir
2: i'm doing well thanks for having me
1: absolutely man absolutely um is that a shot at me no, here's the thing about you. You have a great entertainment value, but it's okay. funny. Ken, Ken's value is also on on par, but it's the shipping and everything in the back end that you don't see that I appreciate about Ken stuff. So, okay.
3: D- could you say any different? I, I liked it better when Ken wasn't here. I was gonna tell you, I liked it better when he wasn't connected. So that's what I'm gonna say to both of you. That's,
1: that's fair. We did have a moment. Uh, oh. you in the listening audience, well, you'll never know because of podcast magic, but don't talk, uh, don't talk to them. We're we're here with Ken. Ken, you are more than just a a breaker, you are also a big vintage connoisseur. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Yeah, I've PC'd been it since I opened my first shop in '98. So I bought my first Mantle rookie literally in 2004. Uh, I've been a mantle addict ever since I got the bug for vintage really early on. Uh, it's just never gone away.
3: So Ken, what year was it? I told you vintage
2: was going to fail. So 2016, (laughs) we were definitely having a heated debate that, uh, vintage was going to zero. My son's sons aren't going to know who Mickey mantle is. Nope. And you said this, Mike, there was no store of value. And I was adamant that this is the most tangible market, the most liquid market, and that market that guarantees you 4 to 8% returns, which then through COVID turned into 400% returns. I um, stand
3: by what I said, though. <laughs> Dude, at some point, here is my whole thinking behind this. Okay. At some point, someone's going to be like, I don't even know who Mickey Mantle was. My dad didn't
1: know who he was. Why would I give a crap? I don't, I mean, so long as the sport's still around, I don't see that happening. Okay. I, apparently, it's not happening.
2: Counterpoint to Mike's completely off take. Thank you. Yes, go we're ahead, not, Ken. We're not going <laughs> to be here for that because we know who Mickey Mantle is. Our kids are going to know who Mickey Mantle is. Did Your you ever see Mickey? Play? You never saw Mickey play. Okay. Pardon? You never saw Mickey play. I don't need to. The legacy is big enough. At the end of the day, we don't know anything about Cy Young, I'm certain, but you know that there's a Cy Young Award. You say his name every year. The Hank Aaron Award's going to be around for our perpetuity.
1: I would say there's very few people alive that ever saw Honus Wagner play. And he's that, one of the biggest That confuses stars. me as well. Like at some point, why wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know if confusion know is I'm, tantamount to a car uh, I, I, industry failing.
3: I know I'm wrong. And I don't <laughs> okay. think it was ever going to go to zero. I understand there would always be a market. But I did think at some point it's going to be like, oh, that's it. It's topped out. Nobody okay. else really cares. No new people. But it's, it's not true, by the way. Anytime you go on Facebook or anywhere else, there's like 30-year-olds going, hey, uh, I want to buy this. I had a guy hit me up last night. Our, our buddy Bryce, actually. Uh-huh. Hey, you still got that maze PSA 6 rookie. I was like, dude, yeah. It, wh- why do you want, it? <laughs> why do like, you I want it? I don't understand. You should it. just
1: start giving it away then, bro.
3: Fine. That's, um,
2: it's hard, though, that I'm guessing because those are like Mount Rushmore cards, right? The maze rookie, the Mantle rookie. The Wagner's out of the price range for most of us. Maybe not Mike. Um Once you get a mantle rookie, because I actually have a a hot take that I think is really interesting, they don't really come back out. The pop report may be kind of heavy for say ones, twos, threes, fours. Most guys, once they achieve a fifty-two mantle in their PC, outside of a life event, they're not going to sell it. Yeah, they don't move a lot. They don't move, so they actually the pop report, the pop report is somewhat, I would say, flawed because again, even on the the PSA tens, right? There's three of them. How many of those are for sale? Zero.
3: Yeah, I've never seen one come up. That's fair. I liked it. I liked that Ken took a shot at me being the rich guy. He literally showed up to a podcast with a freaking Puma hat and a polo shirt. I mean, he is like, the, look at this guy. Just- the
1: richest looking card guy I've seen, but that's fair. I uh, mean, he, he
3: was right, though. Overall point, though, th- that take is absolutely correct. Like, ever since, granted, COVID was insane. And I'm upside down on both my mazes because I bought the absolute peak of the market. But you take away that 18-month period. Vintage, just consistent. It's it's of it's vanguard.
2: Yeah, no, literally honestly. a few points
3: every year. It's, it's the and, I, and still it does not make any sense to me.
2: But in all sincerity, do you want to even move that mace? I mean, is it something you think no. about, or is uh, it only just- or about? no?
3: That is those cards that is in the lockbox. Mm-hmm. Those cards are only sold if a crazy event happens in my life. hey. I'm desperate for cash. Mm-hmm. Cards get sold before kids get sold. Um, or if there's an I unbelievable spike, that's the case. like if that. But i but I paid. Dude, I paid a stupid. I think I paid forty grand for that maze. Maybe even more than that. It's actually probably in my card letter. What's it valued at now? Twenty five to thirty. Okay. And then the fifty two we paid nineteen for, and that's like twelve ish. So I'm, I'm. But again, so the only two, if something just terribly goes wrong, in my life fine. Or if there's an unbelievable crazy spike, yeah, I would sell it because there's other stuff in there the same thing. Like if I had a high grade unitas rookie. But it is true. As much as I thought, hey, the vintage market would fail, mm-hmm. after 2021, I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to buy some... I'm clearly wrong about this, so I'm going to buy some pieces and put them in the bank.
2: It's super important. I know you said that the vintage goes before the kids. So the vintage goes before Jesse.
3: If vintage is gone, if vintage is gone, Jesse's been dead for years. Oh, <laughs> let me see here. By the way... That is... Oh, God, yeah, it I hurts. did. I paid 40 for the maze. It's the only card I'm more upside down in, uh, than that card is the Jordan rookie that's in the box.
1: So, if... That's if we're always preaching, well, I, I shouldn't say we, because I don't know if we always do, but I think at the end of the day, you go after the goat, right? Like the, the greatest of all time in just about anything is what many long-term investors think of. I think this is the exact, that's what vintage is, is just that philosophy, but completely, that's, that's all vintage is, is going after the goat. I guess, I mean, I guess there are some people who complete sets. That's something that you've done before, right? Can you, actually on the app, you've done a few set, uh, breaks, set breaks of some of these old, old sets, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I've actually built every set from 51 to 79, including all the Bowmans and all the Fleers. Um, at one point, I owned every single card that was 51 to 79, uh, including like and Ted Williams short print that most people don't even know exists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you
1: have the Ted Williams, the one,
3: the Fleer Ted Williams? No, no, he's talking the card number. You're talking card number one of the Bowman set, right?
2: Nope, I'm talking 54 Bowman card number 66. It's a super short print. It was taken out of... Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, Pearsall was put in place instead at card 66. Um, But it's just one that most people haven't seen. Just like the 63 Fleer checklist, most people haven't seen that card. They're just really, really hard to find.
1: That's the one I thought you were talking about. In fact, the only reason you're wondering how, how does Jesse even know about... Ted Williams never being officially issued in the 1963 Fleer set list. Uh, I have something that I wanted to do with you and Mike, since you guys are obviously going to be way more knowledgeable on is vintage you, on, than I would be. Game? I wanted to do a little quiz with you guys. Let me
3: do this thing because I have one more segment that we can get into the goofy stuff. Okay.
1: This isn't goofy. This is entertaining, but whatever. Right. Goofy. There's a difference. Every
3: Disney called. a okay.
2: big hot take on vintage that you guys really need to
3: hear. Oh, well, let's hit the vintage hot take because I want to switch gears. So-
2: I've been buying vintage on eBay since 1998. And if you have Mike money, you can buy every mantle that exists from 51 to 69 right now, right? Today, you can buy enough money in your PayPal. You can hit the button. It's over
3: with. Okay. Of course. Buy the whole
1: population if I want to. Oh, my God. You are not that rich,
2: bro. No, not even close. Is that why I had to
3: have my
1: paycheck post dated from you this week? Things happen. By the way, it's not a paycheck. He just holds on to the account. Okay, it's equally my money. It's, it's the a paycheck. whole story. You get ten ninety nine as an employee as a subcontractor. because we agreed on that when we set up everything because it would be better for taxes. I'm so sorry, Ken. I interrupted your hot take. Nineteen ninety eight. You have Mike's money. You Go buy f- all the mantles. Go, Go fetch ahead. me a coffee. <laughs> I hate you so
2: much. <laughs> so, so I've been buying mantles since nineteen ninety eight, and a lot of collectors I know have as well. So, what happens once you have the fifty one to sixty nine run? Because there's only So many, right? To me, I kind of equate collecting vintage to playing golf. I'm not a golfer myself, but I know that people who play golf say it's the unbeatable sport because you can always improve, right? Unless you hit a hole in one 18 times in a row, you can always improve. Vintage is interesting because even Mike's maze, he could eventually put some money with that, trade into a seven, and now you have a seven. Again, there's no end to it, but with Mantle specifically, because he's kind of the Mount Rushmore. I've personally started dipping my toe into more of the oddball mantles, like your potato chip cards from 1954.
3: Oh, hang on here. What is the, uh, the Dandy? Wasn't that one of the it, potato
2: chip ones? Yeah, 54 Dandy. There's one on eBay right now for 150000 for an
3: eight. What? Yeah, because they had a grease stain. It literally came in a bag of
2: potato chips. Yeah. Wow. Red Heart Dog Food is another really good. I remember good Red
1: Heart. Yep. Dog food cards. Whoa. Okay. This actually is going to get into the quiz a little bit.
2: There's an opportunity. For the listeners and for yourselves even to start looking at some of these oddball goats, you know, your Hank Aaron's, your Mays, even your Stan Musials. These collectors are going to eventually have that full run of mantles, full run of Mays, full run of Hank Aaron's. Now they're going to be looking to something else. Now some of them are going to dip their toes into the 40s and start doing some of the tobacco stuff. Me personally, I don't care for those. I like a card that's a normal standard card size. Even like the tall boy basketball, I don't mess with those. I don't like those. And I think the general synthesis from collectors, too, is that like, you're either really into tobacco or you're just completely against tobacco cords.
1: So at this point, you don't think that the whole vintage craze that we've seen over the last six months, year, year and a half, whatever it's been, you don't think that's like a short lived thing. That is a mainstay throughout the hobby over the last decade since collecting
2: really got popular, I guess, well, in the 90s. Or again, something. you
3: got to
1: take out the 18 months,
3: mid 2020 to the end of 21
2: I've seen consistent returns on vintage every year since 98 because stuff becomes more and more limited. And again, it's a weird thing because even Mike, who's upside down on his maze, he's less likely to move that card than he is to move his Kobe that he was super upside down on. You know, because again, that age is like you look at it and you're like, you know what? It can probably get back there. There's a world where I can trade this thing out, I can put some cash with it. Next thing you know, you're into a mantle rookie PSA 2.
1: Because that is one thing you can't buy with these other cards like these, like the Kobe. You can't buy the age that these have, like the rarity that comes from having it over multiple decades.
2: And I just got to rate it out. Bigger than than it's perceived because, again, a lot of this stuff's not available. My mantles are not available. They may show up on the pop report, but I'm not selling
3: Right. Yeah. Not not a ton of accessibility there. All right. Let me switch off the vintage thing now, Ken. I kind of mentioned this to you yesterday when we were prepping. No, no, no,
1: no. If we're going to keep going, like, Let's do the vintage thing. If we're going to change subjects, let's wait.
3: We are. We're done with vintage. No, because I've
1: got the whole vintage quiz. Do your quiz, then. You know about this. I can't help it. Well, I just said remember. I want to talk
3: about wax, and we're going to do it, and then Ken had his hot take.
1: We talked about... We said Go we're ahead. talking vintage first. This v- is included in vintage. You cannot change subjects. You certainly Absolutely can. insane. Yeah, All I right. know. What
3: a, what a crazy okay. that would be. Okay, you know
1: what? Put your money where your mouth is. Who do you think's going to win, you or Ken? What is... I don't even know what vintage, we're doing. It's, it's a... Qu- this is a quiz going over vintage Ken. trading cards. Ken, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, hey, let's talk. I about you two have th- more, can I take me, please? I thought you would have more confidence in yourself. Let's talk
3: about the 2004 Red Sox roster. I'll put my money on me. I mean, you're, this is in his wheelhouse. I,
1: to be fair, a lot of this is a little. Some of this is for the audience as well, because audience gets to play along just like you do. All, All right. right? Let's go. Great. I'm sure they're excited. Mm. let's go i am so close to coming is it first there. to
3: answer what is it
1: so uh, this is how i figured it would be we could do first to answer how about that all right if you need it i have multiple choice and if you don't want it i just have the answer for you okay so now I am, i'm gonna throw off a couple softballs for you and the listening audience first question all right very easy what company produced the first baseball card in the mid 19th century how is this possible that i have no you- idea Midnight
2: nice. uh, Dowdy Gum, that is incorrect.
3: You're talking the 1800s. Yeah, I assume be a
1: tobacco company, but I don't know.
2: No oh, idea. Yeah. He said, yeah, that's a terrible question. Yeah,
1: this is not a terrible. If you're a vintage guy, you you don't want to know who the first was. Well, you're Peck, talking a hun,
3: You're talking a hundred years before we're talking about. That's I why. just figured. I okay, figured oh, you guys oh, might
1: know. It's Peck and Snyder. Okay. Um, bro, what,
3: oh Peck and Snyder? There they are. Is it, is it a tobacco company?
1: Uh, yes, I think it is, actually. I get a point. Thank you. Next. No, you know, that doesn't count. All right. Half a point. All right. Next question. All right. Who is featured on the oldest known hockey card?
2: What in the world are these questions? This Do you is want crappy. only baseball? Do you want only baseball? Be- I, I just go. want
3: questions that don't suck. Rocket Richard. Maurice Rocket Richard.
1: It is William H. Holly Dilly.
3: You ever heard of him, Ken?
2: The Winnie Cooper autograph card from Big Bang.
1: That's not even close. That's as relevant as these questions. That is not even close. All right, fine. You That's want some? You don't want to do this? We don't have to do no, it. No, we can do it. These questions are those two are
3: terrible. Get get, get to the relevant vintage.
1: All right, I'm not. I'm going to avoid anything non-baseball because you people obviously are very limited in your vintage knowledge. That's fine. All right. What type of material was used to produce baseball cards during the World War II years due to paper shortages?
3: A papyrus. <laughs>
2: Lambskin,
1: Yeah. There's a number of these out there. It's pretty cool. Cloth. They were they were printed on cloth specifically 1943. You can go and check out a number of these. There's some mantle ones included in there. Mr. Mantle knowledge guy over here.
2: Realistic. I don't think there's any 40s mantles, but you gotta go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nineteen
1: 1943. Check out some of these cards.
2: He was six. That's cool.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. It's not mantle. I hang on. Well, DiMaggio, it doesn't matter. maybe it was DiMaggio, not Mantle. Excuse me. All right. Next up Jersey number
2: five, Joe DiMaggio.
1: Which card company introduced the first basketball cards in the 1948 set? Bowman. Bowman.
0: Oh, it was Bowman.
1: Hmm. Mm. Well, falling apart there. It's okay. Um, the, no, this is not, if, unless it's a sports specific thing, I can't even ask you. Cause I know you guys are gonna freak out the rookie card of which basketball player was released in the 1980 top set, which had three unique players Come on it. On.
2: Jordan and Come, there you come go. on, Ken yeah. got it. That's a
1: speed one. No, Ken can have that. He knows. Please. How in the world would you not get that? I knew when you said
3: 1980. I'm trying to have some sympathy on this game and mm-hmm. on Ken.
1: Which rare baseball card from the 1914 Cracker Jack set is often mistaken as a printing error because it features the player in an awkward pose? Napoleon LeJoy. Is that a real player? <laughs> Nap LeJoy. Ty Cobb. Not Ty Cobb. Joe Jackson. Shoeless. Uh, Joe, Joe- yeah. Jackson. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to end this game.
3: Oh, no. Do you <laughs> it, have anything? Let me ask you a question. Are there any questions relevant to the conversation we were just having? The mantle, the maze, that era at all?
1: The Yeah, sure. I've got a few. Hit us with a few of those. 1952, Topps Mickey Mantle card is considered a key card in the hobby. What makes that card so special?
2: First Topps rookie.
1: First Topps rookie, yeah.
2: Okay. They, they threw away the high numbers in the ocean. There you go.
1: That's true, very true.
2: Let me pose one to you, sports boy, and Mr. Giuseppe, what is Manel's last T.O.P.S. issued card what year?
3: While well, he was playing or no? Like you're not talking about like 2022 T.O.P.S. inserts, yeah, right?
2: playing year. Was it 68? Oh, I was going to say 63. I have no idea. Oh, those are wrong. It was 1969. He has a white letter and a yellow letter.
3: That's right. I know the card. I know what you're talking about. Darn know. it. Is 68 the one with the dark border?
2: Uh, it's more of like a beige, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. 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 That's yeah. I know what you're talking. Okay. Sixty nine. I was close. All right. There you go. Okay. Try back. To- the last time I try and have fun. Thank God. Back to reality, Ken. Two questions. Products that stand out to you as value, good ROI, good products to break right now, and good products for people to go out and buy as personals right now. They could be the same, or they could be very different.
2: I'm really Contenders Optic Football 2022, though I liked it a month ago at the price point around 300 350. Now they're up to around 475. I think they're sucking some of the value out, but there's a big yield on those. Um, I mean, you're getting two autographs per box. You get the inserts that are seeming really nice. Um, I like that as far as football, baseball. I'm still kind of sold on Finest and Bowman's Best. I still think 2022 Bowman's Best is hands down the greatest baseball card set ever produced i do not think there is a wax product that i broke ever in all of the years we've done this that is as good and as loaded as 2022 bowman's best
3: we ripped our best case last night actually on app like literally yeah loaded so i'm not i won't argue with you on that um personal boxes anything come to mind where you're like hey go grab this
2: i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of sold on the Wemby thing you know i'm watching espn last night he's doing dunks between his legs you know, I think Inception's definitely a product, though I personally am sold out of it, so it's less exciting for me to talk about it. But I do like the Bowman Chrome coming out, the Bowman Chrome University. You know, Is that, that tomorrow? That's tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. The price point's a little heavy. You know, it's a little over 200 bucks. I think you'll see it on the app. Um, specifically, we'll be under 200. You know, I think a lot of guys will be under 200. There's there's fair margin there for everybody. But, I mean, Caitlin stuff's selling great. Wemby's selling great. Even the color stuff's selling well. So I think those are fun for personals. Uh, You know, small plug for what I do. I do a lot of vintage repacks on the app. I mean, it's you know, one of the main things that we do is almost every single day, we do a vintage repack. And our vintage repack has a guaranteed Mickey Mantle in every box. And I don't mean like a 70s Mantle. I'm talking 50s, 60s stuff. We're talking graded stuff, you know. So I like, again, some of the repacks, especially on the app, your repack, my repack. I think the ROI is higher than a lot of the stuff that these companies are pumping out. But as a buyer, you just got to pick and choose what you're actually looking for. Are you looking for just ROI? Are you looking for entertainment factor? Are you trying to get a hit? Are you hoping to just get some cards? Because, I mean, we just broke a ton of Sterling. There was two cards per box.
3: Sterling was tough. One to ten, you're great on Sterling. All factors included, price and everything.
2: Because of price, I'm putting it at a
3: 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, we ripped a full case last night. Uh, the one of one was a five patch auto of Pete Alonzo. Nasty patches. Actually, it surprised me how much it, it's like an eight hundred to a thousand dollar card. But that's tough to me when you hit one of the hottest players in baseball, a ridiculous one of one, and you're talking twenty five percent of your money back.
2: I, mean, I guess. My, I guess. What do you rate it at? And what would you rate it at if it was five hundred a box?
3: At five hundred, I'm an eight. At at a thousand, roughly, I'm, I'm like a three. I've just I've ripped five full cases now. I don't know that we've had a single case. So the best case we ripped had the Bagwell Bat Barrel one-on-one auto, which is probably two to 2,500. Had the Otani, which is going to do six to eight. Had the triple, of, uh, triple patch auto of Chipper, Acuna, and Dale Murphy. Um, that had some other nice guys. They had a duel of like Barry Larkin, Joey Votto. Great case top to bottom. And same thing. I don't know that if you sold all those cards, you're breaking even. That's a real problem.
2: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's also, as a breaker, You know, there's products that I look forward to opening, right? I'm always excited to open Sterling because it's going to have two really cool cards. Of course. But at this price point, I know that even when we're selling them near cost because we blew them out, I was relieved for them to be gone. And that's not for a product. Like, I'm happy to have cases of Bowman's Best. I'm not happy to have cases of Sterling right now.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm out of Sterling now, too. I do have a mountain of stinking Bowman Inception University left. My My only problem with that product is they're coming up with Bowman Chrome U today. There was like two weeks in between. I've still got six and a half cases. I'm gonna end up just trying to move those at cost, honestly, because I don't know what else you'd do with them. The letter breaks have worked good. I just don't have a big college following, so it's tough for me. But yeah, I in general,
2: care. together, if that becomes a really interesting break, the Chrome and the the uh, Inception together seems interesting.
3: But Chrome is just basketball, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, which may, not at the end of the world, but I mean, I I do like the football aspect of of Bowman Inception. You at least
2: so. Pivoting real quick, so I know you guys got to get it back to the other aspects of the show. You asked me the other day what I thought were the good qualities of a breaker. Do you want to lean into that at all? Absolutely.
3: Springsteen singing number one next.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, I'm kind of weird. You know, I like acronyms for me. It was the three C's community, consistency, and cost. So, I mean, our claim to fame is we do low cost mixers. You know, we built a big community on the app that you just so happen to own. And, you know, our community guys show up every single night. You know, you look at our sales reports, it's the same 40 dudes almost every day buying in. You know, we've really built that out and we're willing to take a small margin because we do so many darn breaks. That's our consistency. We show up so much.
3: Yeah. That is something that's lost on a lot of people, by the way. Like, especially now, breaking used to be you could just get product and nobody had it. So it didn't matter. And the market was so hot, you had to have no skill at all. It is true, though. I took a week off on vacation a couple, what was it, two weeks ago. And I came back, and my whole last week was slow. Because, again, guys guys, move on quick, man. It is true. I don't blame them. But even just taking a week off, the like last night was probably my first pretty active night on the app. But, yeah, you are right. You got to show up, and it's just tough to find people to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one thing when we're helping other sellers get onboarded or or kind of giving advice. because a lot of them come to us because we've been in the industry so long. We just tell them, look, you got to set a schedule. I don't care if it's three days a week, but you got to have a set schedule. You know, people need to know if they log in that you're going to be there. You know, that's why for me, it's like eight o'clock. I'm the football guy at 8 p.m. on the app every single night, seven days a week. I don't care if I got COVID. I don't care if I got the flu. I'm showing up, you know.
3: Makes a difference. All right. So, uh again, your name on, on the card shop live, of course, the name of our live streaming app. Ken is the card shop Evansville. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to be live as soon as we're done here because we're cutting into your one o'clock show.
2: Yeah, I imagine. I mean, if I had to guess, we're, we're on there a lot. That's for sure.
3: Nice. Yeah. So make sure you check Ken out Ken and Ken too. It's kind of a good yin and yang to me. I'm almost exclusively full case pre fills through the store. Ken is almost exclusive, almost exclusive. He does some store stuff, but live fill to kind of capture that audience that actually wants to get in there and get a team that way. So it does kind of work well, the two of us on that respect, I will say. Yeah, for sure. Good deal. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. Vintage, vintage bottoms out in twenty twenty six. The end of vintage. There you go.
1: It's been said.
2: <laughs> also false.
3: <laughs> oh god. Good deal. Thanks. Appreciate the time, man. We'll have guys check you out on a card shop live. Card shop Evansville.
1: Alright, that brings us to Mailbag to end out Let's our talk show. Let's about this quiz, though. I just... 50s and 60s, vintage. I yeah. Just, I, ah, man. Yeah, I know, because, I mean, like, when you show up 15 minutes before we record and have no idea what we're going to talk about, and I've spent the last two and a half hours trying to put something together that could resemble some entertainment for the show. Yeah, it's fun when someone just totally craps on it and then just moves on past it. I enjoy it, too. Anything else you want to talk about before Mailbag? Yeah. <laughs> First question,
3: <laughs> who was making cards in 1850?
1: <laughs> Mr. Uh, genius on vintage. I figured he would know. That's a, that seems like if you're going to be a claim to fame, know everything about well, vintage, I would say. Again, you, would no,
3: know. You, you have to understand. Vintage, we're talking the mantle 50s, 60s era. Pre-war is a, whole new, is a whole different category. Well, I mean, of card. so
1: like the the whole thing with the Bird card wouldn't be necessarily considered vintage either. I'm just bird talking is like about the anything last, Bird is old. like the last
3: of the vintage. 1980 for most people now is like the last year of vintage.
1: Sure, I understand. I'm just lumping things into a category of older cards. Okay. I okay. appreciate your effort. You did a great job. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We're that. very I proud of so you. Much. Everybody uh, loves uh, the game. Really good. Yeah. I didn't even get a chance to use... I even had flipping do it now i had sound effects for another question. let's do
3: it right now do you have another question about like a relevant vintage period
1: do you apologize for being rude to me
3: Nothing would make the two of mail us bag. happier than if I just walked out right now. Just
1: oh, mailbag it. I'm going to
3: change the locks on this building. Oh, mailbag. You did great. Good Thanks, Mailbag. Here we go.
1: Appreciate you. Um, Call Benz wants to know, is there value in picking up cards from stars and stripes and or leaf products of collegiate players prior to drafting or signing, or will the value diminish as soon as they have Bowman cards?
3: Yeah. So stars and stripes, those products he's talking about are like years before they're even a prospect. Like, Stars and Stripes has, like, high school kids in it who are not even close to getting drafted. You can – it's just a total crapshoot. Like, it's a crapshoot with established product – prospects. Mm -hmm. You're just multiplying the odds of difficulty going back before that. So,
1: yeah. Someone asked – It's cheap, though.
3: I will say it's cheap, but if you're super patient with it, Mm -hmm. you can do that because there are – I'm trying to think because there are some guys, even, like, Elite Extra Edition is a product that has
1: crazy, like, young, young guys. It's not the worst idea. It's just – yeah, I don't know. Well, even with your experience with breaking Bowman University, it, at this point, or I'm sorry, Bowman Inception University, do you feel like there isn't there's still a demand mainly for uh, professional uniform? Of course, like that, hundred percent. This there, there did is not a, change that.
3: There is a. It has. Well, it has a little bit though. Again, we could go. But I always go back to Happy John. Mm-hmm. He likes his college sports. Now that things have college logos, it's made a difference. So it has definitely increased. The demand for college sports now that they have logos and rights to the teams mm-hmm. has made a big difference. But the demand for, for pro is always going to be much higher
1: across the board. feel like we missed out on an opportunity naming him Happy John instead of Happy Harden? Like it the alliteration, it no, flows no, no. so much better. No, no.
3: Happy John's a good name. Mm. He wasn't that happy yesterday, I'll tell you that, in the team meeting. Like <laughs> really dragging us fine. down.
1: God, miserable, miserable a- Harden. No, he him. was always happy. Hateful, Ab- hateful Harden. A- yesterday, <laughs> Abe Abd. His last name is A-B-T. Oh, yeah, A B T. Oh yeah, he's a buyer. Ball. Yeah. Um, he's a. He said, "There's a dude in the finals that's fairly local to me." Gabe Vincent. He says, "But not being a huge basketball guy, I have no idea what cards to even look at. Uh, but buying a card of a local guy in the finals makes the finals all the more interesting for me." Looks like he doesn't have any real rookies in the regular basketball sets, like Prism. What do you guys think? I so didn't look 20, into it.
3: He's a twenty twenty rookie.
1: Yes, he is a twenty twenty. I The only he's got the flux. main one I could see is Flux and Chronicles and Optic Contenders. Optic. He had a number of autos in that. Oh really? Yeah. Um, recon, he's in.
3: Oh yeah, optic contenders. He's in Recon.
1: But yeah, that. That is one of those things where we find this every un- once in a while. where there's not like you don't have a mosaic. There's no prism. Well, I think he was undrafted.
3: Oh, like is that what it is?
1: Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I find that interesting when you're trying to determine a rookie card for a guy like that. Yeah, they were undrafted. Or, excuse me. He was undrafted. Right? Now, this it's weird. This thing now says in 2018, he was drafted. Oh, really? All the cards for him aren't until 2020.
2: Yeah. I didn't
1: find one any earlier than 2020, at least. Okay.
2: well, in this case,
1: then, I mean, what do you think? Like the optic, right? Like it wouldn't be the flux, I wouldn't think.
3: I mean, take whatever you can get
1: of that guy, honestly. Yeah. So maybe there's just not. That was another theory I had is like until someone really goes off to where people need to determine a rookie card, maybe there just isn't a rookie for that player.
3: So it's weird. He was a part. He Oh, he went undrafted in 2018. That makes sense. And then he was signed in 2020. Okay.
1: A lot of rookie time. A lot of times a rookie card is determined not just by their first card, but it's also just by popular opinion, right? Like, I mean, um, Jordan's, you know, everyone knows the Fleer Jordan, but that's not his actual first rookie card. And then mantle, even though that one mantle, the, what is it? 1952 mantle. That's not actually his first mantle card. There was one actually before that. So. I think that there is a something that, to be said of popular opinion that goes into choosing the rookie.
3: I'm trying to be nice; those points are valid, but this guy just has rookies in 2020, so I'm not sure what the play there with rookies and non-rookie cards are. What do you mean?
1: Well, I'm talking about like what is determined as the rookie card.
3: Oh, oh, I got you. Yes, okay. yeah, that's fine. Yo, right, right. Because other, other, t- yeah, at other points, like those years were separate. With Gabe Vincent, what is the? I don't think he has one then. Right. I think it's very wide open because there isn't. The prism, the whatever. Yeah, you're, yes. you're right. Okay, um, that
1: was an astute comment. Thank Jesse. you so much, Michael. Listen, I'm not mad at you, by the way. I get it. I get those. Some of those questions weren't. I'm the still best. mad at you. So, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. Like.
3: I wish people could see the the shade. They can. Actually,
1: We're recording it. The shade of being recorded. Color
3: on your face.
1: Ugh. Um, I feel the blood pressure being high. I've my my blood pressure has been so good lately, but that's okay. Do you have the pills with you? <laughs> Don't you worry about my pills. I'm very worried about your pills. John I'm not giving you mouth. Dudley, you will give me mouth to mouth. I'll
3: I'll stomp on your chest. Fair
1: But I refuse to give you mouth to mouth. Oh, actually, John Dudley was asking about the Panini break-in. We kind of talked about that already. Thank you, John. Um, going on to Matt Tillman. I would say this to John Dudley. Oh, okay. I, I would guarantee we see more content
3: around the Panini break-in over the next week than any other subject in sports cards. The most popular, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just ridiculous.
1: Uh, Matt Tillman wants to know, what do you all think about... I'm sorry. What do you do with all the base cards that you win in breaks? He's asking me specifically um, because, obviously, I... pile them up on your desk. That's I mean, do. I do. I <laughs> Typically, like, I, I have them organized now here at the office. I also have some at home that are mostly organized. Anything decent value, I try and keep in one area. Um, If it's just somebody who I don't want to get rid of, that goes in another drawer. And if it's just a bunch of base, I kind of let my daughter play with it. She loves just hanging out or, or pretending like the cards have a ton of value to her. She still thinks they do. I haven't had the heart to tell her that they're garbage. So uh, Don getters, everyone loves downtowns and kabooms, but when fanatic sticks over, do you think that these staple short print inserts lose traction and some value, or do they hold strong in terms of values less slash collectability.
3: I think they hold strong because I think people will still look back at this age of collecting and that will be the go-to. The same way people right now look back at Topps Chrome or Stadium Club yeah. or Flair Baseball insert and stuff like that. Like, oh, this was awesome. Look at the, the finest refractors and all that
1: stuff. I think people will look back at it the same way. I'm trying to think like what ugh, there's got to be some people that have a rookie. Doesn't isn't one of Brady's rookies like a Skybox
3: mm-hmm.
1: in Skybox. Do they even make cards anymore?
3: No skybox was its own company for a while i don't know what happened to them if they got folded up into somebody else so i thought they were owned by don russ that's like a pretty
1: well-known rookie card and it's still popular i'm just trying to think of like other card companies that produced an iconic card that are no longer around
3: oh i see what you're saying so like look at flair basketball Okay, yeah. Like, there's some really awesome basketball stuff out of Flair. Flair okay. Showcase, there's a bunch of nice stuff. To hasn't be are Flair, not Flair. F-L-A-I-R. It hasn't been around in years,
1: and yet it still holds a ton of traction. The inserts, the refractors, all that, for sure. And it's not like Benini's going under. They're still going to make cards after this, so they'll still be making Kabooms. They'll still be making downtowns, just not of those specific players, at least not in uniform. So, uh, Michael Ferrario. If you're trying to build a set, he mentions Heritage, Series 1 or 2, Stadium Club. Does it make sense to buy Wax, or are you better off just waiting for a few weeks after the release and buying off eBay? You're
3: always better off. Buy-
1: if you're doing just
3: sets, always just buy the card. Buy the card. Okay. Yeah, always. You're going to pay Well, weight. I mean, isn't
1: Heritage the one that comes in like the big, like there's a ton of cards?
3: Um, it's, It comes in Hobby Boxes. It's like a 650-card set.
1: Yeah. Yep. So wouldn't that be the set though? Like, are is that not the no heritage box is still like packs. Oh, it is. And what's the one I'm thinking about? Him? Like, what's I'm the sorry. one that's long? Like the, I see it at uh Walmart all the time. I don't know. It's like, oh, a, like a, like a team set or like a, uh, a set of stuff. You can buy
3: factory sealed sets. Maybe that's just what I'm thinking of. That's I thought what, yeah. there
1: was like a specific product. You're
3: talking like a single row box. Yeah. yeah pretty those much. are like factory sets.
1: Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see, John Loriati. Would you agree in general speak and generally speaking, a Beckett Pristine 10 black label holds more weight than a PSA ten. I'm not a fanboy of Beckett, not but I close. feel that the Beckett should maintain a higher value than a PSA ten. Well a black yeah, but, label.
3: Well, yeah, but you're not comparing. you're so John, you're correct, but you're not comparing apples to apples. A PSA ten is a gem mint, a Beckett nine five is a gem mint, a Beckett ten is a pristine with a gold label. The Beckett black label is the highest selling graded card of anything, period. A black label outsells any other, but it's not an equal comparison. For every 500 PSA 10s you could get, mm-hmm. you might get one Beckett black label. Yeah. So, that's, so, it's, so does it outsell it? Yes, but it should. You know, it, if this is a $100 bill. Is it worth more than a
1: $20 bill? Of course. It's like the same with the SGC gold label, essentially, because like, those are all going to be valued more than a PSA 10 as well. But yes, it's correct. I would be curious to see cuz I mean it's so rare. I don't even know if you have very many cards that have both a black label and a gold label.
3: Even if they did the black label would outsell. Black label is the single highest selling card grade of any. Do you because think it's that the continues, best continues, though. Yeah, that's the one. It's such a good looking card, it's stupid.
1: No. Uh TJ Fries with Bowman 2023 Megas releasing yesterday, Drew Jones and Junior Camenaro don't have first autos in the product. Will this hurt their value?
3: Yes, but it's cheap anyways.
1: So okay.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean it doesn't help. The two biggest chases are not in the product. But I wonder if Spencer Jones is because Spencer Jones did not sign autographs in Bowman Sapphire this year. I wonder if they held him and put him in that one instead. Okay, so something to look into. I stand by what I said. To I think this class is stupid, stupid good. So
1: uh, let's see. Last question, John Boren if certain Panini products don't continue or only continue unlicensed like Donruss optic mosaic and prism, do you think that could hurt the long-term value of their older cards? I think that's kind of like the similar wonder
3: like a flawless Giannis auto. Now, Mm -hmm. if this is the, if next year is the last year we see it, but they continue to produce them after that, but they're not logoed again. That's a bad example probably because they won't be able to use Giannis. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think then it kind of just adds like a scarcity to the ones that do exist, I guess would be my, my thought.
1: Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to what we talked about with the other cards, as far as if you don't know what the rookie is, I mean, or I'm sorry, if you, if the company's still around making cards. But even if it's not skybox isn't around, but I mean, it, still it, has, and it still has value, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so that's, that's what true. I mean.
3: I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I think what's going to struggle is I think Panini baseball this year is going to struggle. Certain products, especially because guys aren't going to know what to do with them. Yeah. You know, like like we've talked about before, Don Russ, to me, it was like a cheap way to get the rookies and prospects and everything, current stars, and it's a cheap way to get in. Now there's no current players really in it. Um, Panini three and two, though, that comes out in two weeks, I think it's just Hall of Famers and prospects. I actually could see guys still being like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay the same for this as we would have last year because I'd rather just have Hall of Famers and, and retired legends and, and prospects. Sure. But I think it's the other ones are going to struggle the optics, the mosaics, the prisms, the Don Russ, the, the set, the, the cards like that. Because again, the chase has always been the rookie. And now you're saying it's not an option. I yeah. think those will struggle
1: heavily. Well, I think we saw basically this year and late last year as demand came down from the 2022 or 2021 pump that some companies started removing some product lines. Remember like I, Panini removed a few product lines. I don't remember the names of those. Top's sets got rid of specifically. Like seven. Yeah. Tops got rid of a few. So Nine. I mean, it would make sense that as demand goes down, you're going to remove some of those sets. So yeah.
3: But if, I continue to say though, like this year, flawless baseball was still just uh, retired vets and prospects. I'm in on that. Like, I mean, would I like there to be rookies and active sure. players? Of course, but Jeter and Trout have have been top exclusive signers for years, anyways. So, so yeah. Actually, I think forever. I don't think they've. I don't think either of those guys have any Panini autographs at all. So I, I'm okay with it. Like you look at the sales sheet for three and two. It's like Buster Posey, Mariano Rivera. I think Griffey was in it. Ichiro, and then you had some young guys as well. You got uh, Volpe, um, Jordan Lawler, uh, oh man, Jordan Walker. I'm kind of just like I. I think those still probably sell well and do okay, so. Okay,
1: well, good to know for the guys who are still collecting that.
3: What are we doing next week?
1: We- um, next week, we have, we do have guests. Man, I feel like I should know. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I'll look it up. Um, it's a normal schedule. There's a week after that. The schedule's going to be a little. Uh, wonky. A little wonky, but we still have two episodes every. I don't think we have another week where we have less than two episodes a week, so no no harm, no foul there. Monday's episode. Actually, I don't think we have a guest. That's the first time we haven't had a guest in a little while, but there is someone I'm actually reaching out to. And that's one of the things I reached out to the Facebook group for. And guys, if you are hearing this and have someone in mind, message me directly. If you don't mind uh, any suggestions for guys you want to have on the podcast.
3: And then I shameless plug. I have two open breaks on the card shop live app right now under sports cards. Nonsense. We're doing Bowman tonight. We've got 2023 Bowman hobby PYT. It's like six or seven teams left. And we're doing a 2023 Bowman Jumbo. Just real quick on this one. I've started this new style of break that I really like. Instead of just being a random team where you randomize the list, that's who you get. We do draft your team. So 29 guys go in because we combo a few. And then we add the paper base. Say you buy spot one, I buy spot two, so on and so forth down the line. All 29 spots fill out. We take the list of names, randomize it, and it goes fantasy football style. Whoever comes out on top, you get to draft the team you want first.
1: Oh, I kind of like, but you wouldn't want to do that live, I assume, right? Like- you want to do it
3: live, but this is expensive, so we're not doing it live. Oh, okay. The only difference, is too, is we're going to put an autographed jersey box in it and open that first. Oh, okay. Then do the random. So like, But it's multi-sport. So if it's a basketball jersey, it just gets a random to the whole break. Sure. But if you pull out like, let's say it's a Julio Rodriguez jersey. Yeah. Maybe you weren't going to take the Mariners one, but you might take them one now because you get the jersey and you know that ahead of time.
1: Makes sense. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I've been that's, getting a, really, that's a
3: cool idea. I just been getting really bored with like the same formats of stuff.
1: So I'm like, I don't know. you got to try new stuff now and again. It gets really. I think I that's know. what helps with both of us is that like we both get easily bored with some things. So we want to change things up. That's That was the whole idea behind like a quiz, like a. We don't ever do that, but... I didn't hate it, it, by the way. I
3: hope you know that was part of the show. No, I do. I do. And
1: here's the thing. Going through, I I had a lot of those questions already laid out, but when I realized, like, oh, we needed to tailor this, that's where I was like, oh, I needed to go back and redo that. So in the future, um, I'll change that up a little bit. I did want to throw out, since we're talking about breaks, if anybody is interested, um, Mike got a number of Tops, Chrome, Star Wars. I would love to break it. Uh, I just want to do these as box rips though. So if anybody wants to buy a box, $140, um, actually 145, I forgot, I got to charge shipping since it's not on the app. I'm going to break it live on Instagram whenever you want it, unless you just want to buy the box straight, but you do packs, do like three, four packs at a time. Well, that's a, if no one wants to buy boxes, then I'll do that. But yeah, if you, uh, if you want to buy a box, hit me up again, you can either reach out on our socials on the sports cards nonsense or reach, uh, on messenger to me. So, oh, last thing I do have to at least say thank you. A uh, guy, listener, named Bernie. I always called him Bernard. Apparently, he corrected me. Uh, he sent me over a Steven Spielberg rookie card, which you would think was from Jaws, but apparently he says they did not make that in Jaws uh, or put him on a card. So this is from Close Encounters. So he sent me that. And a Kakawa, wow, uh, a redemption card. So For what? I have not redeemed it yet. I just opened it right before we started recording, so I don't know. Hmm. I'm excited. He hasn't scratched it. So Anything for me or... Uh, pfft. thanks. Bernard He didn't have the, he's, he was, it was non-sports sports
3: cards. Nonsense brought to you by the ringer podcast network powered by Spotify. We'll be back next Monday. I will predict the next time we are on air. The NBA finals is tied at one game apiece.
1: Oh, now nah, Two. Nuggets. Goodbye.